This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hello, this is Noelle Lim on Spotlight. Award-winning actress Julia Roberts and former First Lady of the United States of America, Michelle Obama, were recently in Kuala Lumpur. They spoke to leaders of the Asia-Pacific program of the Obama Foundation, as well as members of the media about leadership, becoming themselves and not giving up. Roberts, shot to fame as the main actress of Pretty Woman, still considered one of the most memorable romantic movies. Julia went on to star in many bankable productions, My Best Friend's Wedding, Notting Hill and Runaway Bride, to name a few. And it was the movie Erin Brockovich that landed her an Oscar for Best Actress. First of all, since the demur, we have more than 400 plaintiffs in. Let's be honest, we all know there are more out there. They may not be the most sophisticated people, but they do know how to divide, and $20 million isn't shit when you split it between them. Aaron. Second of all, these people don't dream about being rich. They dream about being able to watch their kids swim in a pool without worrying that they'll have to have a hysterectomy at the age of 20, like Rosa Diaz, a client of ours, or have their spine deteriorate like Stan Bloom, another client of ours. So before you come back here with another lame-ass offer, I want you to think real hard about what your spine is worth, Mr. Walker. Or what you might expect someone to pay you for your uterus, Miss Sanchez. Then you take out your calculator and you multiply that number by a hundred. Anything less than that is a waste of our time. By the way, we had that water brought in special for you folks. Came from Well and Hinkley. Michelle Obama, former first lady, lawyer and education and health advocate, comes from a working-class family whose ancestors were slaves in the South. In school, she studied hard, eventually applying to Princeton University, although some teachers had tried to dissuade her. They say she was being ahead of herself. After Princeton, she enrolled into Harvard, and when practicing as a lawyer, she met Barack Obama, who not only became her husband, but persuaded her to follow her heart and enter public service. She was Barack's greatest campaign ally and won praise for her seminal speech at the 2008 Democratic National Convention. The world as it is and the world as it should be. And he said that all too often we accept the distance between the two and we settle for the world as it is, even when it doesn't reflect our values and aspirations. But he reminded us that we also know what the world should like, look like. He said, we know what fairness and justice and opportunity look like. And he urged us to believe in ourselves, to find the strength within ourselves to strive for the world as it should be. And isn't that the great American story? Eight years later in 2016, when campaigning for Hillary Clinton, we remember Michelle's most famous words. How we explain that when someone is cruel or acts like a bully, you don't stoop to their level. No, our motto is, when they go low, we go high. And now we present to you Julia Roberts and Michelle Obama in Kuala Lumpur.
The Obama Foundation was started to inspire, empower and connect leaders to change their world. Some of the foundation's projects include Girls Opportunity Alliance, My Brother's Keeper and Scholars. What shapes Michelle's vision for the foundation? I loved helping young people see a bigger world than I saw. Because my view is like, if, they, if I couldn't see it, I'm going to help them see it so that they can shape a bigger life for themselves because so many kids around the world are like me or less, right? They just only know what they see. And it's like, wow, if we can open this up, open up these minds and show kids all that they can be and all the life that they can have, wow, that's a life's work, right? Um, so I guess that way of thinking is the beginning of the concept of the Obama Foundation. What it didn't mean was us sitting in the the seats of leadership forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Um, it meant us working to find a way to replace ourselves. Girls Opportunity Alliance by Obama Foundation is supporting grassroots projects like in Vietnam that help enroll more girls into schools. Why does Michelle feel so strongly about this cause? Intellect knows no gender. Possibility doesn't know race. It doesn't know religion. Kids are born on this earth with a thing in them, right? Um, and it, either it gets developed or it gets squandered. And to think that there are 98 million girls out there that were born just like I was, just like Julia was, with a hunger, with a something in them that they know they have, regardless of what they're told, and to have that not be invested in, you know, that's what sinks hopes, that's what stagnates minds, and that's what wastes resources. Truth, right, isn't just going to come from the mind of a male. It's going to come from all of us. So if we're under-investing in half of the population on the planet, I guarantee you we're missing some right answers. Sadly, in many societies, girls and women are being held back and it is often difficult to go against tradition. How do we tap into our inner self-worth? How can we develop self-confidence? How can we nurture confidence in children? I was temperamentally always that kid, always that I'll show you. You give me a challenge, I'll prove you wrong. So people are born with a temperament that, and, and that's that internal hunger that I'm, that I'm talking about, you know, and that imagine having a girl like that somewhere in the world who doesn't get to exercise that, where, where that feeling, that, that temperament isn't nurtured. For me, it was nurtured and it started simply with parents who believed in my voice. Um, and I share that with people because my parents weren't wealthy. You know, they were not well-connected. They didn't go to college themselves. We were not, we, we, we were a poor family. Um, but what they gave me was a sense of belief that my voice, the words that came out of my mouth were clever and interesting, and they were interested in it. So when you start with a foundation, where you're telling a kid very early on that they are valuable, that those words in and of themselves can make a difference. Well, no, the truth is, is that teaching a girl, teaching an individual early on how to use their voice and that their voice matters. Michelle often talks about her battles with imposter syndrome from school to becoming first lady. It never goes away, she says, but we can reframe our inner narrative. And all I can do is tell you this because imposter syndrome is, it's a thing in your head. Much of it is what you practice telling yourself. 
And if you've heard that you're not good enough, that's what you're practicing. And I say this not with any level of arrogance or lack of humility, but I have been at so many powerful tables now. And I'm just telling you, there are a lot of people who don't belong there. And every table, I thought it was me. And after a little bit, I'm like, nope, it's him. <laughs> it's this guy who's sitting here talking. That's because they've been told they belong there. They don't, but there's a presumption. That's what I'm saying. It's in his head too. He's like, I belong here. And I'm like, nope, you don't. Um, so all I can tell you is that the person sitting next to you was told, based on nothing, that he belongs there. And you were told that you weren't. Both things are wrong, oftentimes. So what I had to learn to do for myself was being, you know, age helps you with imposter syndrome. So I'm 55 now, and I've seen it. I've been waiting to be as bad as people told me I would be, you know? <laughs> I've been waiting for when I was gonna fall and mess up and fail. I've been waiting, because that's what they said. I didn't belong at Princeton, right? I applied to Princeton University. My college counselor said, you, you know, that's school's too much for you. Well, I applied anyway, I got in. I was waiting for it to be hard and for everybody else to be so much smarter. They weren't. So with all the practice of just going into the room that you weren't supposed to be in, and being there and occupying those seats and just doing you and knowing that your thoughts are just as relevant, your experiences are just as important so that you will share it and use it and practice being there. And that's why you all are important because you're not gonna do that for some kid in your life. You're gonna make sure that they never feel like an imposter. You're gonna help them practice a different set of messages so they aren't sitting here wondering where they belong in places where we need them. We need women and diverse minds and people who think differently and have different religious beliefs because truth and the right answer comes from diversity of experiences. You're needed at those tables. So you can't sit there wondering whether you belong because you'll waste your time in those seats and you'll hold your voice back and you won't be able to make change because you're waiting for somebody to tell you that you belong. Today on Spotlight, we feature Michelle Obama, former First Lady of the United States of America, and Julia Roberts, Oscar-winning actress. They were in Kuala Lumpur for the Asia-Pacific Leaders Program for Obama Foundation. On today's Spotlight is Michelle Obama, former First Lady, and Julia Roberts, actress, talking about becoming themselves. It helps having role models and mentors. Who are their heroes? Julia reflects on this. Hero worship is in short supply. It's hard to find in this day and age um, for a variety of reasons, I think. And even for me as a young person, um, you know, I was lucky enough to maybe have a teacher that I really looked up to that I can still remember and appreciate. Um, my sister, my, my mother for how hard she worked and raised kids and never really showed the deep worry and daily strain that now as a parent, I know existed for her. And I remember asking her as a new parent, I said, you know, mom, how did you do this? You had a full-time job, you had a tight budget, 
You know, her checkbook was kept like calligraphy. It was every little dime, every little everything. And, and uh, I said, you know, when we were little, how did you manage that? And she could have made herself sound like a magician. And she said, darling, it's called daycare. I dropped you off. <laughs> and I went to work and I picked you up. And I am eternally grateful for that answer because you realize our heroes are all here. We just maybe don't know each other's names. And so that's, that's the thing to remember. That's the thing that I think makes my life special for me is that I know that walking into every room that somewhere there is a new hero for me to discover. The big question for women is, can we have it all? Julia juggles her role as a movie star and mother. How does she find her balance? How does she lead a joyful life? It's w what you can do, what you want. What is it that fulfills me will be different than what fulfills another mom that lives on my street with her work life and her home life. And um, so I, I think we have to constantly remind ourselves that, you know, the all in having it all, doing it all is different for everyone, um, whether you be male or female, it's just different. So my version of all, if I put my head down at night and I feel like mm, I circled it today, I mean, I kind of, I was in the, I was in the area of my all, <laughs> then I feel pretty good. I have a pretty restful night's sleep. Anyone who seeks to make change will have more than their fair share of challenges. In their darkest days, where do their light come from? To stay the course, Michelle says you need to plan for joy. If you have been thoughtful in your life and you understand how to bring yourself joy, that's what gets you through it. You know, it doesn't mean that the dark day didn't happen, right? It means that because you've planned joy, joy is coming. But a lot of times we, we plan work. That's what we're taught to do for you all. In order to stay vital in this work, you have to plan joy. You will burn yourselves out and you will be go no good to anyone. What are you going to do that is going to make you, you selfishly smile? And I dare say it, maybe even every day you have a little joy in your life. At times, we need to learn to let go and switch course. When do we give up? Should we ever give up? That's that all-or-nothing mentality that we struggle with, especially in progressive communities. It's almost like if you don't win, you've lost. But the truth is that change, there are moments of victories, right? So it's not that you give up. It's when do you say that this, even this small victory is worth it? So accept the fact that you, are, you may not see any results from the work you're doing in your lifetime. That's how our parents were taught. My, my father didn't like hold down a job at the city for all of his life because he was happy about it. No, no, what he understood that his investment in that crappy job that he had, getting up every day and going to work, wasn't for him, it was for me. He did it for me. So if my father had, had had the attitude of, you know, I'm not happy. I'm not making a lot of money. I don't own my own house, so I'm just going to quit, right? I would not be here. 
I am his legacy. It just may be your expectation of what change looks like is a long-term view. So you're putting down markers. Everything you're doing in the life of somebody that you're working with is putting down a marker. We're still not where we need to be in the United States of America when it comes to race. You know, people thought electing Barack Obama would end racism. <laughs> That's 400 years of stuff that was going to be eliminated because eight years of this kid from Hawaii? Are you kidding me? We planted a marker. If that's what you're, why you're doing this is to win and not to make, not to be a part of a bigger, longer solution, then go make money. As the world becomes more complex, led by questionable leaders, what type of leadership do we need right now? Ethics. Asking Americans about ethics right now. <laughs> yeah, just let it wash over you. You know, I mean, I, I think that my way of thinking is very um, small in a beautiful way. Nobody would be here if they didn't have integrity and a heart compass and a moral compass. You wouldn't be in this room if you didn't have those things. And there are the bigger things in the world that try to wear those things out or spin those compasses where you can't see where north is anymore. And it's just being there for one another um, that we're fortunate enough to have moments like this where we have a person like this that reminds us of all the things that we stand for and that we are doing properly in the world. And again, I guess it's just, it's the little, you can't think that, you know, one gesture is going to change an entire system or an entire culture, but it can change the space that you're in. And that's, that's why I'm in it, is just to change the space, to be part of the change, to benefit from the change that's around me. That's what it is. It's the, it's the little delicious tiny things of truth. Just be honest all, as much as you can all the time and surround yourself with people who want to hear the truth and then together you make the bigger truth. What makes a good leader? As former First Lady, Michelle weighs in on this. You know, if you hold fast to the, the belief that people are fundamentally good, which is what I try to do, I just try to block out the noise of all the things that we see that are going wrong and to remember that fundamentally people are waking up in the morning trying to do the right thing, loving their families, going to work. This reminds us of that, that we're not alone, that the world isn't always that big and bad. It can be mean at times and it can be unfair, but all you can do every day is, is wake up and live by the values that you were taught by your parents. You know, be honest, tell the truth, you know, operate from truth. Know your history. Understand the context of the world. That's important for the work you do. You have to know what happened in order to know how to go forward, not to make the same mistakes. So history and context are important. Give people the benefit of the doubt. Empathize, you know, for even your worst enemies. Put yourself in their shoes. Understand what they're afraid of, what makes them mad, what motivates them, you know. Know that for yourself and live life with compassion, you know? Just be compassionate. Um, 
Those are all the things that your parents taught you. Um, and I have found that if I live my life by those principles, the answers come. Stay high. Stay high. Because going low never works. It never does. But you all know that. And that's why we're investing in you. So good luck and God bless you all. And that was former First Lady Michelle Obama as well as actress Julia Roberts when they were in Kuala Lumpur. I'm Noelle Lim on Spotlight, BFM 89.9. podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.